What's going on, everybody? Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. Hope everybody had a wonderful work day slash home day, depending on what you guys are doing in your lives. Uh, If I didn't mention it, which I probably should have, the last episode uh, was my 50th episode of the All in Man Cave podcast. What a feat. Couldn't have done it without any of you guys listening. Um, I love making the podcast. It's amazing. Love talking sports. Uh, Love the audience. Love hearing all the fantastic reviews from you guys, the people that I see in person, the people that have sent me awesome messages via Twitter or via Facebook. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We are at the midweek pod uh, because it's midweek. We're going to focus on injuries and fantasy football in this pod. It's going to be a shorter pod than normal. um, But... Uh, that's it's very important that we get that I get this stuff out there to you guys because we're getting close to fantasy football playoffs Uh, and for all those uh, fans out there all the listeners out there and basically anybody out there who's in a year-long fantasy football league we're getting close to seeding for the for the playoffs in those respective leagues for people that play daily fantasy still important information to go over we had a lot of impactful injuries uh, especially in week 12 uh, not to mention going all the way back to the thing Thanksgiving games, which feels like a year ago, but we are going to hop right in. Uh, We're going to start as we normally do with the injury segment. Uh, Typically, if for all the uh, first listeners out there or people who haven't listened in general as much uh, since the season started, focusing on injuries that impact fantasy football and also major players on one of or all of the 32 NFL football teams. So we're going to start with the injuries. Uh, And first on the list, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, He's missed the last three games with a hamstring injury. Basically has missed every single game that Kyler Murray hasn't played in as well. Both of them are expected to return this week. Expected to return is very, very weird when you see it in terms of an ESPN report. Uh, or if you see it as a pop-up to your phone via text message, via social media, expected to return does not necessarily mean that they will play. Now, do they have a better chance than most reports? If it says expected, yes, they have a better chance. But I've been burned multiple times, so keep an eye on his practice uh, schedule this week, whether he's limited, whether he misses practices. Uh, they do play on Sunday, so you don't really have to worry about him for Thursday night. Uh, the Thursday night football game this week, I believe, is the Cowboys and the Saints, uh, which is going to be an interesting game for, for tomorrow night. So maybe I'll throw some picks out there um, by the end of the podcast. Maybe not. Uh, we'll see. We'll, I'll have you guys guessing until we get there. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins should make his return this week. They've played with backups the last, basically the last month, the Arizona Cardinals have played with backups. They've been doing pretty well. Uh, still the number one, still basically the number one team in in the league right now. You could argue it's the Packers. You could argue it's the Cardinals. Both of them very good records. So if DeAndre Hopkins comes back, he's going to be good to go. They've sat him out as a precaution to get him back to 100%. That has been very widely known. Uh, for at least a few weeks now. So if as he returns, and if Kyler Murray especially returns as well, he's definitely a must-start this week in fantasy. Uh, not in the fantasy segment, uh, which will be after the injury segment. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, awesome wide receiver, best one of the best 50-50 ball uh, pass catchers in the in the game right now, and and he's always gonna be even with him playing through a lot of lower leg injuries he's still able to go up there and make an impact in football games and in fantasy leagues. So um, keep an eye on DeAndre Hopkins. Looks like he's going to play as of right now, but not 100% sure thing. Next on the injury list, Darren Waller. Uh, If anybody watched that football game on Thanksgiving between the Raiders and the Cowboys, pretty scary play. It looked actually a lot worse than it ended up being. He's considered week to week. We've seen a lot of these knee injuries and these type of knee injuries this season, and not only just this season, but in previous seasons also. Uh, But the injury is, can he tolerate it in a football game? Can he do every part of his job as a tight end with the knee injury? And that's why he's always going to be considered limited in practice. That's why he's going to be considered week to week, because if he cannot perform at least one of the major three jobs as a tight end, Uh, which is run block, pass block, and pass catch, 
then that's going to be a huge impact, and it's probably going to determine whether he plays or does not play in this football game. So he's considered week-to-week right now. If you're looking for my best guess, I would say he probably plays based on what I've read and what has been coming out of the Raiders' camp after practices. Seems like he's okay. They don't want to have a setback. They might hold him out. Uh, But I would expect him to play. Just keep an eye on it right before they kick off this week. Next on the list, Odell Beckham Jr. He has what is being called as a hip pointer, which is basically a hip bruise. Uh, he has a bruise at his hip. It's pretty deep. It's con- it's causing swelling in the area and some discomfort. He is going to play this week. Uh, I've never heard of a bruise holding somebody out of a football game. If it's happened before, I apologize for making a very bold statement just now, but I don't think a bruise is going to hold him out of a football game considering there's plenty of players right now that are playing through torn labrums, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. But I listen, Odell Beckham Jr. had a decent one decent catch against Green Bay. Hasn't really been impactful since he played his first two, ga- his first two full games for the L.A. Rams. I know it's a bit of an adjustment. I'm going to give it to him. I think Odell Beckham Jr. has seen his time. I don't think he's going to get back into the role that he thinks he deserves. And that's based on two major things. What has happened to him on the Cleveland Browns and what and overall the fact that he's been dinged up a decent amount of time in the last few years. You got to understand everybody out there and this is going to be a shock to a lot of people, but I saw this on Twitter and I just needed I didn't even realize that it was true. The Odell Beckham catch Uh, Against the Cowboys, the one-handed catch in the end zone, that was seven years ago. I know. You guys are probably as shocked as I am right now even saying that on a podcast. Uh, And that's how I felt, honestly, when I read it and saw it on Twitter. I cannot believe that that was seven years ago. That's insane. And he's been relatively non-impactful since then, since his time in his prime on the New York Giants. He's been basically unimpactful. And that's the best word I can use to describe him. So Odell Beckham's going to play. What I recommend starting him depends on what you have on your roster. I would consider Odell right now probably a wide receiver three. He's not going to get the targets that he wants based on the fact that Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in the league, especially in terms of fantasy, plays across the offense uh, on the same side of the football as he does. So it, it... His target share, yes, you could take a flyer on him. Maybe he catches his first touchdown in a few years, and that's not an exaggeration. I don't know. I If I had him and needed to use him, like I said, it's based on your roster setup. Do you have somebody you can plug and play that's going to get at least more targets? It's definitely worth taking a look at, uh, but that's the best analyzation, which is probably the 14th word I've invented on this podcast. The analyzation of of Odell Beckham Jr. is if I have solid play on my roster in fantasy football, I'm not starting Odell. That's that's just me. Next on the injury list, Debo Samuel. Uh, if you got anybody out there, which probably not a lot of people did, but if you watched the Vikings-San Francisco 49ers game last week, Debo pulled up with a groin. You basically could tell at the play that there was an issue. It seems like it seems like he they're fairly confident that it's not a serious injury. Uh, sorry, injury. That's hilarious. Serious injury. He's not going to miss a lot of time now. They're saying one to two weeks for the groin injury. We've seen people miss time with groin injuries. It's very iffy, especially in the position that Debo Samuel's in, being that guy that comes out of the backfield, runs the football, runs routes that are very cut, cut happy. I guess you could say a lot of his routes are they're not all go routes down the field. He's not Tyree Kill. He runs a lot of deep crossers. He runs some outs, slants, stuff where he needs to make cuts at the line of scrimmage and down the field. So it's going to be hard for him with that groin strain to do that. But I feel like he's definitely going to miss this week for sure. And they're going to reevaluate him moving forward, which is typically what happens with most of these injuries. So a one to two week window, he's going to miss this week. They're going to depend on Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and try and lean on that running game even possibly more than they already have this season. But 
when Jimmy G throws the ball a lot, they're not effective. I think they're going to lean on the run. They're definitely going to do so. And Brandon Ayuk hasn't had a lot of great games this season. He had an issue with his ability during practice at the beginning of the season. Shanahan kind of put him on the put him in timeout for the first few weeks of the season. And George Kittle hasn't had great statistics, but has been a big impact in the run game. So Debo's definitely going to be out this week. Got to look at him moving forward, especially if he's a big impact player on your fantasy squad. I He's definitely going to be back for, for the playoffs. So if you're a, a, a person who's very high up in your league, and you should definitely 100% hold on to him uh, and definitely monitor him moving forward to see when his return is going to actually be because the one to two weeks could turn into four or he could be back next week and say he's 100%. So keep an eye on it. Next on the list, Dalvin Cook, possible torn labrum and dislocated shoulder. Uh, the one thing that irks me probably the most about the Vikings organization is how these reports come out and the fact that every single one of them always conflicts. So Mike Zimmer came out and said that he did not tear his torn labrum or did not tear his labrum. Everybody else is saying that it's possibly torn and there's not an official answer yet. If that's true or not, I have no idea. It's not been confirmed, but he does have a dislocated shoulder. Out of all of the reports that I've read, and as a Vikings fan, obviously I do my due diligence and check a lot of different types of sources. It looks like he's going to miss at least two games, which is going to take us into what December 20th, I believe, would be the target of his return. I think it's going to be more than two games, quite honestly, uh, especially if Alexander Madison is able to step in and play well and we're in a in a spot. If we're in some type of spot where we need to win a football game and it's multiple weeks down the line, Dalvin Cook's probably going to be entered into this football game before he's 100% healthy, but he's definitely going to miss at least two games. If Alexander Madison is out there, Go pick him up if he's available. Try and make a trade if that's available to you as well. But a name to keep in mind, which I brought up multiple, t- not multiple times, but at least the last time on this podcast, Kenny Nwangwu. Now, he's the kick current kick returner for the Vikings. He didn't. He wasn't active the first few weeks of the season. I think the first month, actually. He has two kick returns uh, since he's been activated as the kick returner. Uh, one against Baltimore and one last week against the 49ers. I think that the Vikings are going to go to a, if you guys remember at all, the 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 setup of the Vikings running backs back in 2017, the Minnesota Miracle Year where we used Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, both in different ways, but both split carries on that team. I think that Clint Kubiak, which his dad at the time was the offensive coordinator then, I think that I think that they're going to use Kenny Nwangwu a lot more in the pitch game, in the screen game, and Alexander Madison's going to be the downhill running running back that he actually is and has success doing. So keep that name in mind. Definitely after watching this game against the Detroit Lions this week, it, if, 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 if Nwangwu doesn't enter the football game and they're just going to try and lean on Madison, you'll know. Uh, actually, you'll know without even watching it. Just look at the stat line at the end of the game. But it's it, Dalvin Cook out of this picture, huge injury. Huge injury for the Vikings and any hopes of trying to get a playoff spot. I'm slowly slipping away in terms of ex- expectations for this football team. Kirk Cousins is getting absolutely torn apart by the media, by some of the players that are currently playing on the team. It, 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 Anthony Barr's hurt. Our star left tackle, Christian Darisol, who we took in the first round, is hurt. There's a lot of people hurt. Patrick Peterson's on the COVID list. It's... It's turning into a disaster. So, and, and for all the Dalvin Cook owners out there, I apologize. I, I don't apologize because it's my fault. It's just, it's, see, this seems to happen every year. And it's one of the big, big problems that Dalvin Cook carries with him uh, as a, a running back who gets paid a lot of money and misses a lot of games. Next on the list, Antonio Brown, ankle issue. He's questionable to return. He's been in a walking boot for a few weeks. He's missed the last five games with this ankle injury. I think he's the person who spent the longest amount of time that I can remember in a walking boot. I think it was three straight weeks I saw him on the sideline in a walking boot. And just recently, he's been out of it. But if he's able to come back in this game, I don't think he's anywhere close to 100%. 
And quite frankly, they've been winning without him and, quite frankly, without Gronk as well. So Leonard Fournette's been stepping up. They have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, not to mention they got Scotty Miller back a few weeks. A few weeks ago, he's able to step in as well as Tyler Johnson. So I don't think there's any rush for Antonio Brown to come back. I think they're holding him until he's 100% for the playoffs, which they will clearly be in. So I, I don't expect Antonio Brown to play this week, even though he's considered questionable. Next on the list, Ezekiel Elliott. He's got a knee issue. Uh, Once again, conflicting reports. Reports came out that said that Jerry Jones was talking to somebody within the organization about sitting Ezekiel Elliott due to his knee issues that have been lingering the past few weeks. And Tony Pollard was going to get a bulk of of the runs. That came out on Tuesday. It is now Wednesday, and that is completely flip-flopped. Ezekiel Elliott, good to go. Normal workload. Nothing crazy is going to happen. Nothing crazy is going to change. So just keep expecting him and Tony Pollard to split, somewhat split carries. I know Zeke gets more like 60 to 65% of the touches when they're all, when the running back gets the ball on the field, but they're still he's still going to get targets taken away from him in the pass game and also in the run game since Tony Pollard's been very effective through the air uh, in terms of receptions. Uh, but Zeke Zeke's underperformed all year. Uh, that it's not a surprise. I'm I'm not coming out and and showing everybody the newest hottest take. But Zeke hasn't been Zeke all year. He's had a few games where one yard touchdown runs or runs inside the five have saved him in terms of fantasy. But he hasn't had the type of season that people expected, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. Now it it doesn't really hurt. It doesn't really hurt the Cowboys fan, and it doesn't really hurt. Him as a running back, he's just getting less touches. And in fantasy, the more touches you get, the more points you typically get. And that's just the way that's just the way it shakes out, especially in a PPR league. Next on the list, Alvin Kamara. He has an MCL sprain. I haven't updated that since I came out with that huge, huge take on how is how are the Saints able to hide his injury for so long. He's been out the last few weeks. I knew about the MCL sprain. I never updated you guys, even though I found out about it. So I apologize for that. But he, he's got an MCL sprain. It's a knee issue. Once again, running backs with knee issues, not, not usually a good thing for them to be in. Mark Ingram is 100% fully good to go and back fully at practice. So they will have Mark Ingram in this football game. Considered, he's considered questionable for Thursday night football, uh, being Alvin Kamara. Limited at practice uh, on a short week typically means that player will either be a game time decision or they will be ruled out right before the game or I guess slightly before it would be called a game time decision so I don't expect much from Kamara in this game even if he does play so be very wary uh, for starting him because I think Mark Ingram's going to get a bulk of the carries unless between now and tomorrow night it comes out that Kamara's good to go he's starting in the football game confirmed and via the media I don't think I would expect much from him this week in fantasy. Next on the injury list, Daryl Henderson. He is a quad strain. He's questionable this week. The Rams are already not good at running the football. The one thing that Daryl Henderson did offer was some type of floor for a RB1 in terms of, not in terms of fantasy, but in terms of starting on a football team. Uh, He did split somewhat carries probably more like 75 25 percent uh with sony michelle sony michelle seems like he runs better when daryl henderson is not available or in the football game at all so we'll see what happens with that i would recommend picking up sony michelle if you are thin at the running back position on your fantasy squad but Daryl Henderson and the rams themselves have not been able to run the ball effectively all season and matt stafford Basically, it seems like he's finding himself in a similar situation that he was in in Detroit where he has no running backs that are are able to help him out. Uh, And he seems like he's putting a lot of it on himself, which is probably why he's dinged up. Now, probably is the key word there. I don't know that for a fact. He could be getting hit a lot. The offensive line could be more subpar than he expected. He could get into weird situations where he's getting hurt on stupid, weird plays, which happens all the time in the NFL. But I wouldn't expect much. Now, Daryl Henderson, 
great running back. He catches out of the backfield. He's good um, in between the tackles as well. Sony Michelle also good, but you can't count on the Rams running backs uh, for you to get a decent amount of points. So if you're looking for a flyer, try and pick up Sony Michelle if you need him and he's available. Uh, but other than that, I, I wouldn't expect much from the, those running backs unless it, something crazy happens. Next on the list, DeAndre Swift. This was back from Thanksgiving Turkey Day. He had a shoulder injury, which looked similar to the Dalvin Cook injury. He's going to miss at least one to two weeks. Now, at least one to two weeks is very vague. I looked up a lot of things that say he's going to be out longer than two weeks. Now, it would it's probably going to happen, and it's going to be true that he's out for longer than two weeks considering there's no reason to bring him back. They still are winless. They're playing for absolutely nothing. At this point, they're probably playing for the number one pick. So there's no reason to bring him back. I'm sorry to say this to all the DeAndre Swift owners in fantasy, but there's a very good chance that he gets deactivated, put on IR, and just sits. Let Jamal Williams uh, and that rookie Patterson kind of play play the running back roles, split carries, and get them through football games. But I don't expect much... I don't expect much push to get DeAndre Swift back, especially if they the Lions have literally nothing to play for. Next on the injury list, Miles Sanders. He had an ankle tweak in the last Eagles game against the New York football Giants in which they lost 13-7. Uh, listen, I don't like any of the Philadelphia Eagles running backs, and that includes Jalen Hurts. Uh, this is the problem. They split so much in terms of carries, and Jalen Hurts takes so many himself that is way too hard to try and gauge what they're going to do. One week, one running back will have less yards and touchdown runs. The next week, the opposite running back will. It's too hard to gauge. I'm not a huge fan of any of the running backs the Eagles have, whether it be Boston Scott, whether it be Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard. Uh, or Jalen Hurts, to be quite honest with you, based on the last game where he threw three picks and 120 yards passing. But I'm not a huge fan. A lot of people loved Miles Sanders coming into the season. This is why I definitely wanted him on this list. I would not start Miles Sanders this week. I know they're playing the Jets. I understand that they're playing the Jets. But I, I don't think Miles Sanders plays. He's had an ankle and lower leg injuries in the past. And previously, he's been dinged up in the same region early, earlier this season. So I don't expect him to play. I think he, they're going to hold him out of this game. Uh, and Jalen Hurts is dinged up as well, who we're going to get to in a minute. But it's, it's, it's so hard at trying to gauge who's going to get what carries. They're basically using three running backs where, where it's even hard to gauge a dual running back backfield for fantasy purposes. It's even harder to do it for with three of them. So I don't, I don't trust it. Next on the list, Corey Davis, wide receiver of the New York Jets. He's questionable with a groin, but is leaning towards he's going to play this week. The one, and, and you're, you're, Probably you guys are probably wondering why is Corey Davis an impactful player? So I picked up Corey Davis week two of the I didn't draft him in my fantasy draft. I picked him up in week two. It was very interesting how it works. So Zach Wilson loves Corey Davis, and he targets him at a very high rate compared to the rest of the wide receivers on that team. Elijah Moore has been the more impactful wide receiver in recent weeks, but those weeks Zach Wilson was not playing. So I expect Corey Davis, if he plays, to have a significant role in that offense. Uh, and they're playing the Eagles, so they're going to have to throw the football. They're probably going to be down early based on the fact that the Jets are missing Michael Carter at running back. Their offensive line is horrendous, and they've probably had the most injuries to their offense and defense, basically their whole team in general all season. So I expect Zach Wilson to have multiple, multiple double-digit targets like he's gonna have probably fit Torrey Davis is probably gonna get 15 targets in this game he brings down eight of them you're, you're looking at at least eight points plus the yards it's a solid pickup and I have him on my bench right now uh, but he's questionable with the groin so if he gets the the nod to go I am 100% going with Corey Davis to start this week Next on the list, actually the last two on the list, starting quarterbacks. Well, of course, since it's the the media-centric quarterback of his own, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, 
Comes out on the Pat McAfee show. They ask him about the toe. He's got a fractured fifth toe, basically your pinky toe. It's an issue. He's been getting shot up with lidocaine before the game playing. He came on the the Pat McAfee show, Was what was it, yesterday, said that he will not miss time. He will not get the surgery for the toe and unless he will be promised he won't miss time. You can't promise that depending on a rehab from a surgery. I don't care if it's minor or major. There can always be setbacks. So he's not trying to miss any football games. So I don't think that he's going to. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be good to go, I think, based on the way he talked on the Pat McAfee show. I don't know what to expect moving forward. Seemed like he was okay and made a lot of very good throws against the Rams last week after we all knew that the toe was going to be a problem or not a problem, but it exists nonetheless. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be good to go. I don't think he's going to chance anything that is anywhere close to having some sort of setback. So I think he waits till the end of the season to have the toe surgery. I don't think he has it, even with them having a bye week this week. I don't expect him to have the surgery. Now, since I say that, he's probably going to have it tomorrow. But I don't expect him to have it if there's a chance he's going to miss games. He was pretty adamant about not ever, well, not ever, but not missing games the rest of the football season. So anything that gives him any inkling that he could possibly miss games, he's going to steer away from. Last on my list, I said I would talk about him. Jalen Hurts, a little bit ginger, uh, walking gingerly at the end of the football game against the Giants last week on the last drive. He's got an ankle injury. He says that he'll play. Uh, I 100% don't like this idea of starting Jalen Hurts with an ankle injury. Number one, most of his fantasy production is done on the ground, which means if he's dinged up at the ankle, uh, like at the ankle, He's not going to be running as often, or he's going to be scared to do so, probably throwing the ball away or more bad throws that will basically follow him from last week versus the Giants. I don't like him starting him this week. I don't care if he's if he says he's 100% or if, the, if they are playing the New York Jets. I don't like starting him this week. His, his decision-making isn't good enough. Most of his fantasy production is on the ground. And I don't, I just don't like it, especially if you're in the middle of the pack in your fantasy league where you need a good performance from a quarterback. I would, I would steer clear of Jalen Hurts, and we're gonna get to the fan. Next is the fantasy football likes and dislikes uh, from my perspective. So we'll go over a few quarterbacks that I like this week that are probably available in most leagues uh, on the waiver wire or via trade if you can just unload somebody you don't necessarily need. But I, I absolutely hate starting Jalen Hurts this week. I, I am not a Jalen Hurts lover. I know he's able to run the football, and I know he's able to win football games. But your defense is not going to be good for multiple years in a row, especially if you're going to try and build your offense around him. And, and he's too inconsistent. I don't like his decision-making. And at some point, you have, to, you have to realize that the more he runs, the better chance of him getting hurt. And I would say the same thing about Lamar Jackson. It's not just that I hate Jalen Hurts because he's an Eagle. Like, yes, I know. I don't like the Eagles. I'm not the biggest fan. But that's just the reality of having a running quarterback. I think the Eagles have have three first-round picks this year. They're able to go out and get a quarterback, surround him, a better pocket passer, a better decision-maker. It's it's not a good idea to hold on to a quarterback who clearly cannot throw the football down the field effectively and is a running quarterback. You know what those two things really describe? Cam Newton. So if you're thinking about that, do you want Cam Newton right now? And, and this is depleted Cam Newton. Cam Newton could throw the ball in, earlier in his career. And he was a better runner than Jalen Hurts is right now. But if I'm comparing Jalen Hurts to Cam Newton right now, and and you guys out there, any of you listeners or Eagles fans, uh, unload him. You got three first-round picks. You can find something. Find a diamond in the rough. Go out in free agency. Hell, I'll give you Kirk Cousins. You want him? You can have him. All right, we're moving on. That is the injury segment like I always 
end the injury segment with. Keep an eye on these players, especially if you own them in fantasy or you're fans of the teams they play for. Check their practice schedule. See what they look like, uh, whether they're limited, whether they're out held out of practice, whether they're full participants. It'll give you a very good idea of what to expect with them moving forward uh, for this upcoming week at least. All right, so we're going to hop into the likes or dislike, or sorry, likes and dislikes for fantasy this week. We've got eight on each side. I wanted to make it a little bit bigger because I know some of you guys out there are in the midst of battling for a playoff seed in your fantasy leagues. So I will start with the dislikes this week. Let's go and start with Jalen Waddle versus the New York Giants. I have no idea. When I was writing this down earlier, when I was writing the podcast, just giving myself a few notes. Uh, players I didn't like. Jalen Waddle is a great player, but I think the New York Giants are looking deeper into tape uh, based on the way they've performed the last few weeks. Yes, they gave up a lot to the Tampa Bay Bucks, but so does everybody else. Jalen Waddle is the only wide receiver that is worth anything to Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the him and his tight ends. So I think the Giants are going to do a pretty good job of shutting down the slot wide receiver and shutting down the tight ends as well, almost even better as they did last week against Jalen Hurts. The defense seems like they're swarming the football. I don't expect much from Jalen Waddle. The one positive that may come out of it is he could get a decent amount of targets. Uh, whether he's able to come up with those passes or whether he's able to get more than three yards a catch, we will see. Uh, but I'm not looking, it's not looking good for my outlook of Jalen Waddle's production this week. Next on my dislikes list, Stefan Diggs versus New England. This one's self explanatory. The best player on the Buffalo Bills is Stefan Diggs. They can't run the football. Josh Allen's not playing well. Bill Belichick is going to shut down Stefan Diggs. He's going to shut him down and make Josh Allen beat him either on his with his feet or finding Gabriel Davis down the field. And that's basically it. Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley are going to try and save everything that Stephon Diggs does because Bill Belichick is the best defensive coach in terms of shutting down your best option. And right now, Stephon Diggs is the best option. Next on the list, look, ironically enough, Josh Allen against the New England Patriots. I, Josh Allen hasn't looked good for fantasy all year. He's had he's has he's struggled, and that defense uh, in Buffalo has carried them through a lot of football games. Their running backs are not good. Zach Moss was benched. They went with Matt Breida and Devin Singletary, who I don't know why Devin Singletary is still considered a good running back in this league via multiple online sources that I've seen, mainly Twitter. But Devin Singletary hasn't done much of anything for the past two years. Now, yes, he's explosive, uh, but similar to Tariq Cohen, he's either injured, not on the field, or not making him an impact. And Devin Singletary is not the, the running back that's going to get you get the, you guys, I guess I was going to say, but get the Buffalo Bills into into some sort of balanced offense. They throw the ball too much. Josh Allen drops back too much, and they never are able to get any success running the football. Now, whether that's scheme, whether that's play calling, or whether that's just the confidence they have in their running backs, all of it is pointing downward. So I do not like Josh Allen this week, nor do I like the running backs in general for the Buffalo Bills. Next on the dislikes list, Matt Ryan versus Tampa Bay. Matt Ryan has a very iffy game every has a very good game every few games. I don't think this is the very good game he has against Tampa Bay. The Atlanta Falcons offensive line is a joke. They can't protect anyone. And Vita Vea is down to play with one less tooth from now till the end of the season. If you guys missed it, Vita Vea took a shot to the to the face uh, and actually lost his tooth and played for the rest of the game. Funniest, One of the funniest media segments I've seen all all season. Bruce Arians talking about how he's got 31 more teeth, so who gives a shit? Funny, Bruce Arians' media days are hilarious. If you guys have a few minutes uh, and you're bored throughout the night, just look at Bruce Arians when he addresses the media. It's absolutely hilarious. And Frank Caliendo does a very good job imitating him. So you, can look, you guys can look up those little two snippets as well. But uh, Matt Ryan's going to have a bad day. It, Cordell Patterson's not going to be able to run. He's going to try and throw the ball down the field. Uh, I don't think Patterson's even 100%, even though he had two rushing touchdowns last week. So I, I don't expect much. They haven't had any production. Uh, even Kyle Pitts has underperformed the last few weeks. But 
I don't expect much. They beat the Jags by seven last week. They got embarrassed by New England the week before. Their offense looks like it's terrible right now. And their defense has underperformed as well. So it it's just not, it doesn't look good for Matt Ryan. Now the one saving grace, which I did bring up before is he's going to be forced to throw the ball a lot against Tampa because they're going to be down by a lot is what is expected and what I'm expecting. So maybe Matt Ryan throws a few garbage time touchdowns in this game, but I'm not expecting much uh, at a time now where a lot of people who own Aaron Rodgers and fantasy, AKA me uh, need to find a replacement for a week until he comes back. So I did not go with, Matt Ryan, but you will hear about who I did go with uh, because he is on my likes list. But let's go on to the next person on the dislikes list, and let's go to Brandon Cooks versus Indianapolis. Tyrod Taylor, awful. And honestly, Tom Brady struggled against the Indianapolis Colts last week. Leonard Fournette had three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown that was a check down. So Tom Brady wasn't able to find much of anything from wide receivers. Tyrod doesn't throw the ball enough as it is. So I don't expect much from from Brandon Cooks this week, although he's been the one saving grace for all Texans fans out there and all Brandon Cooks owners in fantasy. He is relatively productive week in and week out because he's one of the only good players on that team. Uh, and there's another player that I like, which is on the other side of this list. But I, I don't like Brandon Cooks this week. I think that Indianapolis shuts down the shuts down the pass. I think this game's actually a lot closer than people think. Even though right now the the line is Indianapolis minus nine, uh, which I think is relatively low for this football game. But uh, nonetheless, we'll talk about that on the Friday pod on the Friday preview podcast. But I'm not a huge fan of Brandon Cooks this week. I don't like the way Tyrod looks ever since he came back from the hamstring. Seems like he's scared. His throws don't look good. His completion percentage hasn't been good. So I don't expect much from Brandon Cooks. Next on the list, Patrick Mahomes versus the Denver Broncos. Listen, once again, and I've made this comment multiple times when we do this segment in terms of fantasy football, I'm not telling you that if your backup quarterback is Tua, to start Tua over Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not expecting a breakout game this week. Denver's defense looks good. They're stout. They always play hard against Kansas City. It doesn't matter if it's snowing. It doesn't matter where the football game is. They always play hard against Kansas City. Now, they just embarrassed Justin Herbert last week. And who's looked better this season so far, Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert? I don't think it's, in terms of statistics, I don't think it's even close. I think Justin Herbert's played a better year this year. And I think he's made better decisions than than Patrick Mahomes. So uh, Mahomes isn't on his top of his game. The Denver secondary has been very good this year. The Denver front seven has been good as well. So I, I don't expect much from Mahomes in terms of a breakout game. I think this is a lot closer game than people think. And it's definitely going to be in one of my best bets uh, to possibly, uh, I guess I'll break it right now, probably, Take the Broncos plus the points. I'm not going to tell you what the points are. You guys can either look that up or wait until Friday. But I, I, I don't think that – I think this game's a lot closer. And everything in that AFC West seems to always be close uh, and or relatively close uh, for most, if not all, of each football game. That's a divisional game. So not expecting huge things from Mahomes this week. Not saying they're not going to win, but not expecting huge things. Next on the list, Kenny Galladay versus the Miami Dolphins. A lot of people pissed off this year about Kenny Galladay, whether he's missing games because he's injured or he's been basically non-existent in terms of targets for Daniel Jones, mostly a Daniel Jones issue. Kenny Galladay didn't just all of a sudden lose skills since he's been in Detroit. So he thought he was making a better decision. Seems like that was not the best decision for Kenny Galladay. But he's had one game that was over 15 points in fantasy. Uh, and he's missed more than four games this season. I know that for a fact. So I, I don't expect much. Daniel Jones, just he's just not a good quarterback to try and find his best receiver. It seems like he doesn't want to throw the 50-50 balls up. He's probably sketched out because he went from a fumbling problem to an interception problem to now a completion percentage problem in two years of being in the NFL. So I don't, sorry, three years, I guess, from being in the NFL. So uh, Daniel Jones should have been benched a long time ago. Pardon that, scam likely in Hartwell, Georgia. So we're not going to be answering that. Um, 
So I, I don't expect much. It's Here's the thing. Kenny Galladay hasn't been a, t- a good target all year for Daniel Jones, yet they've been getting smoked on offense. Saquon Barkley's been out. He can't run the football successfully. They haven't been able to run the football all year. Kadarius Toney had one good game, and after that he's been dinged up and not targeted. Evan Ingram had a couple good games, but why is he not trying to go after a very good 50-50 ball player in terms of pass catching percentage on 50-50 balls? And Abdudu runs great routes, and he's not slow. So I don't understand why Daniel Jones isn't looking his way, Uh, but I expect that to continue against the Miami defense this week that they've been very good the last four weeks on their four-game win streak. Last player on my dislikes list is Josh Jacobs versus the Washington football team. This has nothing to do with Josh Jacobs and all to do with the Washington football team. They've played very well the last few weeks. They shut down Seattle. They're on a three-game win streak. It seems like the defense figured out what their expectations were at the beginning of the season. They were just eight weeks late. So I I expect it to continue. They look good against Russell Wilson. Granted, Russell Wilson looked horrible. And he looked like he had absolutely zero control of the football when throwing it. But I don't expect much from Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are going to have to throw the ball to win, and I think they do it. But they're not going to be able to run worth of anything this week. Switching sides to the like side. First on my likes list, Matt Stafford versus Jacksonville. Stafford has struggled, and he's dinged up. So you know what's really good for that? Playing against a team with a terrible pass rush and terrible defensive backs which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. He gets back on track. It looks like he he looks like he did when they were 5 and 0 in their 5 and 0 start. Uh, and I expect a lot of things from Matt Stafford this week, although a lot of people are thinking the injuries are going to hold him back. I still think he has a really good stat line this week. Not expecting 400 yards and 7 touchdowns, uh, but something good close to 300, maybe 3 TDs, no turnovers. Next on my list, Derek Carr versus the Washington football team. We just went over it a little bit when I was talking about Josh Jacobs. But with Darren Waller dinged up, I I like the way Derek Carr has led this offense, even through all the injuries, through all the offseason crap that they've dealt with with Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, and Damon Arnett. But I think Derek Carr... I think he he learned something from the Cowboys game last week. They looked really good throwing the football last week, even with Waller exiting that football game early. So I think Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, uh, Deshaun Jackson, who had a huge impact as well. I think Derek Carr throws the football and throws it to success in this game. Like I said, I don't think they're going to be able to run a lot. I think this game's going to be relatively close, which means if the run don't work, the pass is going to, and they're going to do it often. So Derek Carr is going to lead them. I think he's a perfect plug-and-play quarterback for Aaron Rodgers this week if you're able to get him off the waiver wire or, like I said multiple times already, try and perform a quick trade. Uh, If your only available quarterback is Taylor Heineke to pick up, uh, then try and offer something you really don't need or someone that's been on your bench that you thought you would plug in but never did. Next on the list, Alexander Madison versus the Detroit Lions. Every time Alexander Madison starts, he gets 30 carries. I don't know what it is. We won't even give 30 carries to Dalvin Cook. But for some reason, Alexander Madison gets 30 carries a game. I don't think it's quite that high this week. Uh, But I think he's going to have a decent game. Uh, I don't think the coaching staff trusts Kirk Cousins. His own receivers don't trust him. So I think there's going to be a lot more running in this football game than there is passing. Sorry to poo-poo all the Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen owners out there. Uh, But I'm not expecting a huge stat line from Kirk Cousins this week, especially based on the cockamamie plays he pulled last week against San Francisco. So I think Alexander Madison, good plug-and-play guy. I see the projections up towards 18 for him this week. I don't think it's that quite that high. I mean, he could get there, uh, but he's going to get you at least 10. So that's a good plug-and-play for Dalvin Cook if you have Dalvin Cook or if you just saw him pop up uh, as a starter and you're able to pick him up off waiver wire. Next on the likes list, Dallas Goddard versus the New York Jets. If Jalen Hurts is dinged up and he's a running quarterback, what do you typically do? You typically check down and do easy one-read routes. Typically, those one-read routes are to your best wide receiver or your best tight end. So, Devontae Smith didn't get any targets last week. He typically runs his good routes down the field. Jalen Hurts not good at throwing down the field, so I think Dallas Goddard's going to have a huge target game this week, maybe 10 to 12 targets. Probably comes down with a decent percentage of those, which is definitely going to help in 
fantasy football, which I feel like in the recent years, if you don't own the top three tight ends, you're basically fishing. You're on a fishing expedition each week to try and find a, a tight end that'll perform. But I think Dallas Goddard goes off this week, and based on my projection last week of Zach Ertz going off, uh, I think I'm I'm pretty good to, I'm pretty good to go on listening to me uh, for for Dallas Goddard to start versus the Jets this week. Next on the list, Taysom Hill versus the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill is starting this week versus the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. I think that game's also going to be a lot closer than people think. I don't think Taysom Hill is the next Steve Young by any means, and I don't think he's a very good passer of the football down the field in a start, but I think he performs well on the ground, and he's going to be targeted and or given the option to run footballs into the end zone from very short yardage, so I think it's very, it's very worth, it's, wow, I just stumbled over my words like 17 times, it's worth keeping an eye on him and giving him a start. Once again, if you have Aaron Rodgers this week or you have a quarterback with a bad matchup, it's worth giving Taysom Hill a look because regardless of what happens in that football game, he's either going to be forced to throw or he's going to run. So either way, I feel like you win against the Dallas Cowboys defense that has proven they are willing to give up at least 30 points in a football game. Uh, So I think it's a win-win. I think Taysom Hill is a good start this week. Next on my likes list, Brandon Ayuk versus the Seattle Seahawks. This basically because of Debo Samuel being out this week and because the Seahawks are going to come out and they're going to come out pissed. They're currently 3-8. and eight. So, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll on the hot seat. I made that hot take a few weeks ago. Uh, though Actually, I think it was last week. But uh, the Seattle Seahawks are going to have a shakeup in that organization. And right now, Russell Wilson looks like he can't throw the ball. He led them in rushing yards with 16 against the Washington football team on Monday night football. So I, I think Brandon IU gets into that secondary and causes mayhem, uh, especially in, because he's probably going to get most of the targets that would go to Debo Samuel. And, and honestly, if he gets double digit targets in this game, Brandon, Ayuk's a great football player. Uh, and he was, I considered him better than Debo coming out of college in terms of just raw talent and as well as his performance in college. So I like Brandon Ayuk. He's got speed, not Debo speed, but he's got speed and very good route running ability and very under underrated speed, uh, especially within his routes before the football is caught. Next on the list, Jamar Chase versus the LA Chargers. Been a lot of three for 39 games for Jamar Chase recently. Uh it seems like Joe Burrow and is noticing that he's getting a lot more attention than he thought he would get down the field. He has some impactful catches, uh, but the last few weeks, three for 39, three for 36, three for 39, It's he's not being as effective as he was at the beginning of the season when everybody wanted to just rein him rookie of the year after he started the first six games with 700 yards receiving or something crazy like that, and he was catching Big balls down the field, 50-50 balls, winning on routes. It seems like there's a little bit less of that, uh, not only because the Bengals started running the football more often, but also because he's been finding Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow's been finding his other receivers that are also high caliber, like T. Higgins, like Tyler Boyd, like his big, big-bodied tight end in C.J. Uzamoa. So the the ball's been spread around whether it be between the the running back and the wide receivers or even within the wide receiver core uh, but I'm expecting Jamar Chase back to a similar game he had earlier this season where he's got six catches, he gets 120, 130 yards, and has a TD or two in this game against a very bad LA Chargers defensive backfield. And last on my likes list, David Johnson versus the Indianapolis Colts. Listen, David Johnson is now taking over for Patrick Lindsay, who was let go, basically, just released, and Mark Ingram, who's been released. The other running back on their squad is Rex Burkhead, who does not run the football between the tackles. And Rex Burkhead is good at one thing and one thing only, catching passes. Now, you know who's probably a little better than Rex Burkhead at catching passes? David Johnson, who's proved he can do it. So there's going to be a heavy dose of David Johnson in this football game. Last week, I think he had 
I think it was a little more than 10 rushes for 40 yards and had six catches for 42 yards. Expect a similar type game at a time where right now a lot of running backs are either dinged up or underperforming. And I think David Johnson in this football game gets you at least solid points to get you through this week in fantasy. All right, guys, that is the end of the podcast. Actually went a lot longer than I thought it would. So I, I did my due diligence and gave you guys a lot of injury news, little impactful fantasy football injuries, as well as my likes and dislikes this week for people that you could either pick up or decide to sit depending on if they were on my likes or dislikes. So try and get your fantasy football leagues in intact. I am on a currently on a four-game win streak in which uh, my team is 7-5 and five and I am in the four seed out of 12, I believe. Maybe it's out of 10, but I'm in the four seed out of out of 10 or 12. This week, got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on a bye. So I'm feeling all your pain out there for people that have DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook. Uh, they have Antonio Brown, Kamara. It just it's weird. I'm gonna make one more statement before I, I, I send you guys off into the into the Wednesday night abyss. But think about the best four running backs going into this season. All four of them are hurt right now. Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Dalvin Cook. Which one am I missing? Wow, I had that completely in my head, and now I'm missing one. But even so, those those three themselves right there are missing, and and they're big, huge impacts in fantasy. Now, don't get me wrong. Out. Wait a minute. Let me go back to this quick. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. There you go. There's the top four. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I had that, but. It slipped my mind. I don't know what the hell's going on with me right now. But um, anyway, so it, it, it's injuries I've played a big part in terms of fantasy production, especially at the running back position this year. But it, the one thing that's been solid is the wide receivers. And the wide receivers have been able to be plug and play basically all season. You find somebody hot, you get a decent amount. It it's, feels like the quarterbacks are spreading the ball around a lot more than in recent years. But that is going to end the midweek podcast i will be back on friday uh for you guys to do my picks against the spread as well as my picks against the over-unders hoping for a better week this week for the parlay to hit uh but thank you guys so much i really appreciate you guys all listening spreading the 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 word on the podcast via word of mouth uh sharing it on facebook uh, sharing it on Twitter. Uh, le- thank you so much. Uh, if you guys can, please follow me on Twitter at All In Man Cave Pod. Also uh, available, the podcast itself is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms that podcasts are found. Please add me on Facebook. Feel free to leave me feedback on my Facebook wall. Send me a direct message. Same thing goes for Twitter as well. Uh, my name is Cole Hate, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y-D as in dog, T as in Tom. Appreciate it. I will see you guys back on Friday for our picks against the spread. Uh, but until then, you guys have a wonderful night, a wonderful rest of the week. And as I always say, later. later.